0: Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Get right into it today. Come on, we're going to be going through a series called Stop the Noise. And we're looking at uh, the idea that the constant thinking in our mind and all the challenges that we face in today And I'm going to be taking you on just kind of like a personal journey, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to start right out the gate, be honest and raw with you. Hot in February is not a great month for me. In the past, it hasn't been. But come on, by God's grace, by His Word, and by partnership, and all sorts of things, I've been able to see some real breakthrough in my life. Saying that, um, I'm also on a journey, just like many of you are today. And so we believe that, uh, I believe with all my heart, that this series is going to be a breakthrough, breakthrough moment for your life. I believe that there's a few, those of you who are watching today who struggled in your mind, the number one uh, 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 requested topic for our sermons, our series was on the mind. And so I believe there's many of you out there who struggle with whether in some capacity in your thinking, and we're gonna believe today that God is gonna do some breakthrough in your life. Over the next four weeks, there's gonna be a supernatural breakthrough. And we are going to see something fresh and new in your life. Amen. Come on. I believe that it's going to be the best February I have ever had. Come on. Best February you've ever had. And we believe that during the nasty cold months of winter, that we can, experience, we can, we can uh, celebrate the goodness of God in the land of the living. Come on. We can celebrate the faithfulness of the Lord. We can celebrate how faithful God is to us today. And so my heart for you today and for the next four weeks, we're going to do some practical stuff, and uh, we're going we're gonna to do some other things, and it's going to be awesome. There's so many people talking to me. Everyone's telling me to do sorts of things, so uh, I'm going to keep looking at you, okay? Um, th- there's some uh, practical things we're going to walk through. My wife and I are going to speak together in a couple of weeks. It's going to be awesome, and so you don't want to miss it. But come on, this is a season more than ever where uh, there's noise. Come on, there's now, now more than ever, I feel like there's a pandemic uh, of noise on social media. Come on, a pandemic of noise on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, where we don't know what's true and what's not true. I'm just going to tell you today, if you're wondering, this is the only truth. So if you're curious if the social media is giving you truth, it's not. This is the only truth we have, just to point that out. But, uh, you know, we have noise from social media, noise from YouTube, noise from other people, noise from people on the street. We've got the de- the, the devil or the enemy attacking our brain. We've got all sorts of different noises going on in our mind now more than ever ever, as we're a year through this, uh, this season of this pandemic and kind of filling this new normal of life, man, we want to figure out how can we be more than overcomers? Come on. How can we be more than victorious in Christ in the area of our mind? And I believe today that, that there's going to be some breakthrough in your life watching. And for those who are in the room today, there's going to be breakthrough. Amen. Come on. If there's, there's a few people here today that are watching. So maybe you're like me. And you're struggling, uh, you, you struggle uh, with different areas. Maybe, you know, I, I struggle with anxiety, social anxiety predominantly. You might not know this, but when I get into a crowded room of people, I, I suffer. I struggle to be in a crowded room of people. And uh, especially if there's me being up front, it's just difficult for me. You know, maybe it's anxiety or, or it's, uh, bouts of depression or, you know, times where you just feel like overwhelmed with hopelessness for your future. So I got to admit today, that's how my brain works. That's how my brain's wired. And I wish it wasn't like that, but that's the reality of, the, of how I'm feeling. So maybe you're, you're here today, and you're just like me, and you experience that. And only by the grace of God can I stand before you today. As a whole man of God, as a man who's been redeemed and transformed. Now, I'm perfect, and I still struggle on a daily basis. And I got a lot of things we're going to talk about over the next four weeks that I, I have to do in my own life to even sometimes keep my head above water. But I just, only by the grace of Jesus Christ am I here today. Only by the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus, and by his word and by his spirit, and, mo- and not most of all, but most of all in my natural world, my beautiful and awesome wife. Come on, Jesus, or somebody. Come on, Jesus, too. <laughs> Jesus and somebody. Thank you for my wife. She's a... Uh, been my uh, my partner. Yeah. In my own personal journey, but maybe you're like me today, and you're like that, and you're like, oh man, I struggle like that. Maybe, maybe you're like my wife, where you don't struggle, where you don't have your mind constantly turning, and you're not constantly struggling with the challenge of your thinking, and you're not always feeling like you know, uh, like I do. But maybe it's just you're basically pretty steady Eddie, but once in a while, when things kind of go out of control, you just kind of like whoop, anxiety goes like this, and it goes nasty, crazy, and then it causes fights, and she's always wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, like she, you know, gets anxiety, just comes up. In her life and you know it's just these moments where it's just a moment of anxiety or a moment of fear or a moment and then she generally figures it out and comes back to normal. So maybe you're like those awesome people who are like the steady eddies and don't quite understand this whole anxiety thing, this whole fear thing. Like it just doesn't make sense in my brain. Like I don't I don't wire like that, I function like that. Maybe you're like that today, or maybe you don't deal with depression or anxiety or fear. Or, you know, you don't deal with these major things, but maybe you have some uh, negative narratives that are in your mind from the past, Maybe you were taught a certain way about who you are in Christ that isn't true. Or maybe a father or a mother or an uncle or a friend made a comment to you that cemented a narrative about who you are. And so now every time you look at your life or you look at your circumstances, you see it through the lens of this negative narrative, this negative idea about yourself. And maybe you don't struggle with constant anxiety, or maybe you don't struggle with depression, or maybe you're pretty even keeled, but you have these mindsets or these negative narratives that create a mindset for how you live your life. how you make choices, how you choose things in life. And so you have these ideas that you maybe don't even realize are there today. And my prayer would be over the next four weeks, the Lord would reveal them to you and we would destroy them in the name of Jesus. And you can get going forward in your walk with God. This last one, I want to read it just to make sure I get it right, because I want to make sure you hear me today. For those of you who are watching and, um, and you don't relate to any of those three, it's bigger than that. It's deeper than that. It, it's, it's, maybe it's a diagnosis, or, or maybe you're, you've been had to go to the hospital, or, or maybe you're on medication, regular medication, strong medication, or you're seeing a psychologist or a counselor. Or maybe you're in a place in your life where you're like, man, I came in today, and I'm going to hear what this guy has to say, but he better not just tell me to go read my Bible. <laughs> he better not just say, have faith, because I've tried that, I've done that. So I want you to know we're going to talk about the spiritual stuff. We're going to talk about the practical stuff. But my biggest encouragement for you today, let me read it because I want to make sure I get it right. I want to make this clear. I'm going to do my best to share with you truths from scripture about our minds. But if you're here today and you have a diagnosis or experience intense mental illness, I want you to know that our encouragement is to you is to hear what I have to say. Hear the thoughts of what I'm sharing with you. But Please continue to seek professional counseling. Continue to take any and all medication you've encouraged to take. Come on, we're a proponent for medication if you need to take medication. We'll talk about that later in our series. Continue to engage in a group. If you're not in a group, join a group. Come on, it's the best thing to be a part of people who are peers and people you can do life with. Come on, come to church. Continue to fight this fight you're in and believe for God to give you the wisdom on how to live your life with the challenges you are facing I By no way am I implying this. And some of you might watch it and say, oh, this guy is not a, doesn't believe in God's you know, miracles or faith. I believe in all that stuff. I believe God can heal you. I believe God can restore you. But I, just from my personal experience, I found God heals me and God restores me. But I also live with the reality of anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Some of you might be here today and saying like, is this ever going to go away? And my answer is, I pray it goes away. Yeah. But you need to understand there are biblical truths that God teaches us, practical realities that we can implement yeah. that can actually learn to live with this reality. And we're going to get there today. And so yeah. I just really want you to capture that today, that there might be different types of people watching. I don't have all the answers. I'm just going to give you what the Lord's been in my journey. And as we go through this series, we pray that there'll be just a piece of truth or a nugget that might get you going forward in your walk with God this year. Amen. Yeah. Come on. So this is a reality I want you to figure out. I want you to realize this. Every single person on the planet, no matter who you are, no matter what of those four types of people that you are, every single person on the planet has a mental illness. Every person. You might be watching and say, No way, not me. Every person. Because when you and I were born into this world, Psalms 51, David says this, that we were born into iniquity from my birth. Meaning we were born into sin. We were born into the fallen nature. We were born into the realities of this this carnal nature that we live in today. And this carnal nature came from the sin of Adam and Eve. And they sinned. And they fell short of the glory of God. And now because of that, we live under this reality of the sinful nature. Every person on the planet experiences mental illness and it is called sin in their life. And I want you to capture this today. This wasn't something that you planned. You know, did you go out today and plan to have anxiety? Did you go out today and plan to have an anger thing, anger thought towards someone? Did you plan to have that lustful thought? Did you go out and sit out today and be like, okay, today I'm going to have a bad thought, I'm going to have a depressing thought, I'm gonna have an anxious thought, I'm going to assume the worst about someone today? No, all these things just happen to us. They're they chemical responses, they're chemical reactions in our natural wiring, combined with the fall of mankind, our carnal nature. So when we experience things in our life, our our, our minds chemically respond in different ways. I respond differently than my wife responds. And I respond with a bit more of an emotional, uh, mental challenge than she does. And so that's just our natural reality. But you need to know something today. You should not feel guilty for having anxiety. You shouldn't feel guilty for feeling depressed. You think, well, I'm a Christian. Can I be depressed? I'm a Christian. Can I have anxiety? I'm a Christian. Am I supposed to experience fear? And the answer is we just do. We're we're human. We're we're carnal. We experience these things in our lives. And so I just want to encourage you today. You don't have to feel guilty any longer for being human. You don't have to feel guilty any longer for being normal. You don't have to be guilty any longer because you say, well, I'm not like that person who says they, they, they overcame their anxiety and now they're healed. Why can't I get healed? Listen, they're probably not telling the truth but it's okay like accept this reality we're all human because of sin in our life because the fallen nature we all struggle with this reality and it's important today we understand that The Bible articulates different definitions about our mind. Look at some of the examples. Confused, anxious, closed, evil, restless, rash, deluded, troubled, depraved, sinful, blinded, corrupted, which leads us to all sorts of thoughts like thoughts of anger, unforgiveness, suicidal thoughts, rebellious thoughts, lustful thoughts, sexually illicit thoughts, prideful thoughts, unforgiving thoughts, negative thoughts, anxious thoughts, thoughts of guilt and thoughts of shame. Those are all responses to the natural reaction in our lives to things going on in our world. It's just important we realize that. And scripture talks about it. And that's what we're going to jump in today. Jump into this verse to help us understand that what I'm saying is actually found in the Bible. (laughs) Romans chapter seven, it says this. I have discovered this principle of life that when I do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Look at, I love God's law. I love God's word with all of my heart. But there is another power within me that is that, look at this, Paul uses these words that is at war with my mind. There is a there is another power that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. I find it very interesting that Paul chose to use this language. I love God's law. I love God's word. I want to please God with all of my heart, but there's something else within me that, that's warring, that's that's fighting. It's it's against me. I feel like it's attacking me. Another translation says this, but there is a different, different law at work deep inside of me, deep inside, that fights with my mind. This is a wonderful description of what I often experience in my mind. I might be the only one, but I feel sometimes like I'm having a fight in my mind. I feel sometimes like I'm like, God, I want to serve you, but why do I always have these negative thoughts? Or, God, I want, to, I want to believe in your word. I want to believe in your promises and believe the songs that Pastor James sang today. But on the other hand, i got this other voice saying something. I, I do want to do good, but then I do bad. And, and then I want to think good, but then I think bad. And Gosh, I'm wretched. I'm, help me, God. And that's exactly what Paul says. Look what he says. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death and this war with my mind? Thank God the answer is in Christ Jesus. So you see, look at this, how it is. In my mind, look at Paul says, I really want to obey God's law. In my mind, I really do want to obey God's word, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. So I have the carnal nature within me that's causing these chemical responses to the situation I'm facing, anxiety percolates in my life and my sinful nature begins to act out on that and allow that to exist in my life. Instead, he says, my mind needs to be filled with God's word. I want to do it. God says. I want to proclaim the promises of God. And so there's this constant battle that's going on in our thinking. And we have to understand something today that this is absolutely the reality of what happens. The enemy is a part of this whole process. He's a part of this whole journey. We often forget. We think, well, anxiety isn't the devil. Well, the anxiety isn't the devil. I actually think anxiety is caused for our natural chemical reaction to life, our natural response to life. But the devil capitalizes on the anxiety. He, he establishes himself within our natural thinking. So, so whenever our natural response comes up, the enemy is there to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible says to, to not be foolish or ignorant, or some translations say stupid to the schemes of the devil to recognize that he is out to kill, steal, and destroy you, that he is the father of lies, and that he brings all lies, and he's looking for every opportunity with his little, his, little, his little minions to try to speak lies into our thinking. Whenever we have a chemical reaction to something in our lives, our natural response, the devil's right there as quickly as he can. And So we have to understand something. The Scripture says, Paul teaches this, that one of the most important keys to stopping the noise in our mind is written right here in my mind, I really want to obey God's law. One of the most important weapons you and I have is the Word of God. It's the most important thing God's given us, naturally, to be able to combat the very thoughts that the enemy wants to put in our thinking. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons, weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. And so the weapons, he used the word a weapon. Now there's only one other part of the scripture I can think of that refers to an offensive weapon. And if we look in Ephesians chapter six, we see this that use every piece of God's armor to resist. So there's a defense the resisting of the defense uh, 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 armors that we have so that when he attacks... And when it is all over, you're going to be able to stay standing. But then in the next verse, Paul takes us in and says, and you will need the helmet of salvation to protect your your mind, of course. And then the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So here Paul lists the only offensive weapon that we have is the sword of the Spirit or the Word of the Spirit or the Word of God, this weapon that we've been given to attack back against the enemy. Because we're being attacked against or being attacked and we're the enemies at war in our lives and the enemy wants to capitalize on these negative thoughts or these anxious thoughts or these fearful thoughts or these unforgiving thoughts that we naturally have because we're human. Though I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus, I wake up every day pretty human. Ask my wife or maybe ask me. (laughs) Just kidding. We wake up every day as carnal as ever and we need the blood of Jesus to surround our lives. And what do we need to offensively go against that? He says here, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. So we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. And we see here back in our verse, so it says that these weapons that we use are, are used to, look at this, on the contrary, these weapons, the sword of the Spirit, has the divine power to demolish strongholds. Divine power to demolish strongholds in our life. I mean, think about that for a moment. We've been given a natural tool to be able to, to be able to destroy the actual uh, strongholds of the evil one, and this, strong, this stronghold this word is an interesting word. I'm going to step off camera for a minute. <laughs> that on there? OK. This here is your natural thought. This is your natural anxiety. You have a chemical response. Mine's larger than maybe my wife's. I have a a larger chemical response, a, a larger natural response to situations in my life than my wife will. And so they happen more frequently for me than for her. And so here we have that natural thought, that natural reality, that natural thought. And what that word fortress means is that fortress actually means like a castle. It means like a fortress or a stronghold. The, the word means that that whenever the thought comes into our mind of anxiety, where man, our, our, our that deal didn't come through and the anxiety comes up within you and you start thinking about your future and how I'm gonna pay my bills and the natural response to a situation comes in and the devil comes in with, he begins to develop a stronghold. Yeah, you're right, you should have worked harder. Yeah, you're right, man, you're not very good with your finances. Oh, yeah, right, you know, God doesn't provide like you thought he did. Yeah, he really isn't a generous God. Oh, yeah, oh, you're going to end up just like your brother, or just like your father, or just like this person. Or, oh, you know what, you're going to face this in your life. Or, you know what, your wife's going to be upset with you because you didn't provide for her like you should. You know what, you're not a very good dad. You know what, you're not a very good son. You know what, you're just not a really great person at all. Hey, why don't you go have a drink? Or, hey, why don't you go look at pornography? Or Hey, why don't you go talk to that girl that you've been thinking about? Or why don't you respond? See, what the devil wants to do is he wants to build a fortress around the natural thought because he doesn't want to allow us to experience the truth of God's word in our life. So that word stronghold or strong tower or the foothold, actually the the Greek word means something that we regularly rely on becomes something that we're used to, that The negative thought comes into my mind and I know sometimes what happens is is that when the thought comes into my mind of you're not a good dad, guess what happens? I start to think, yeah, I'm not a good dad. You know, you're right. I I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that, yeah, you know, my history's not really good and my kids are probably gonna turn out and need psychosis or psychology and I better put a savings account aside because they're gonna really need my help. And as I keep talking out loud, the devil's just reinforcing the truth or the false narrative in my life that I'm not a very good father when in reality God says I'm a great dad. And so, this fortress, actually, that word fortress or stronghold, actually, the Greek word is also the word dungeon. And many of us are living with this this dungeon that the enemy has built around our natural responses. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You won't amount to much. You're going to turn out just like so and so. You should just stay in bed. What's the point of getting up? There's no hope for tomorrow. This weather, it's never going to end. I hate that one. (laughs) You know what? Maybe you should move on to another spouse. This this one doesn't like you very much. You know, you should quit your job. You're never going to make it there. And then what happens is, is that he creates this dungeon and we get stuck in this place where we don't, aren't able to hear the voice of God and we have this stronghold in our life and I want to I help remind you today that the enemy of our soul is trying to claim our mind with a fortress. Many of us are living our lives like this where our natural human response due to the curse, due to the fall of man is this feeling and if we don't respond immediately biblically, what happens is, is he gets a foothold. <laughs> it might just be one. And then, if we don't take care of that, oh no, there's two. Oh, come on. He sees the inroad for your life. And many of you, I just feel this in my spirit right now. There's many of you watching today that have allowed this to begin to stack up and they're high. And what God sees about you is no longer able to be viewed or seen from the outside looking in. And all you see is all of the lies and the fortress and the dungeon of the evil one and you've accepted this narrative and now you're living in a place where you feel like I can never have a relationship with God and I can never be a great husband or I'm not marriage material or man, I'll never see my dreams fulfilled or the lies of the devil have been, become such a reality for you that the tower isn't just one, it's many. You can't even any longer see the plans and the purposes and the promises of God for your life. See, what he does is he creates a stronghold. And the purpose of this stronghold is it says right in Scripture, we demolish arguments, Paul says, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The purpose of the devil. So we recognize how he does this He he creates a stronghold by building a fortress around the natural response, the natural thought. But the goal is, this phrase basically means to keep you from knowing God, to keep you from knowing God better, to experiencing God. And so these things are the things that are keeping us from experiencing the truth and the love and the grace. One of the biggest challenges I face as a pastor when helping other people is helping them actually accept the very, very basic free gift of grace. The simplicity of the unmerited, unconditional love of Jesus is one of the most challenging things for most people to accept. Why? Because they've accepted the narrative that they're not good enough. Why? Because they've accepted the narrative that they're too much of a sinner and they're too disgusting and they're too wrong. And so now what the devil wants to do, he creates a narrative around you and now you can't even get to know God better because you've got all of these lies surrounding you. And what often happens is when we look through that fortress, we begin to see God through the eyes of our lies. We begin to see, God, you created me this way. And God, why didn't you give me a better hand? And God, why is this? And it's causing a separation between us and God. And it's actually keeping us from knowing God better. It's keeping us from knowing. And that is the devil's core objective is to get your attention off of God and onto you. To get your focus and your attention on me. Whenever I'm facing anything in my mind, often it's surrounded around me. Often the the focus is me. And I want you to hear me. I'm not insinuating every situation's like that. I'm just talking about myself, telling my own story. That often it's me. And so we see that he creates a fortress and we see the goal is to get you farther away from God. And we see here in the verse here how he establishes these strongholds. How does he do it? Right in verse it says it. It says destroying arguments. It's interesting that Paul used this word because this word actually in the Greek actually is, creates the idea of your imagination. Imaginative thoughts. <laughs> the arguments. I don't know, I'm going to sound like a crazy person, but sometimes I have arguments with myself. <laughs> sometimes I'll be in the bathroom doing this, you know, doing my, my curls, my, my locks here. My, 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 my do, fixing my wig. <laughs> it's not a wig. It's not a wig, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I was like, don't tell me it's a wig. <laughs> and without even realizing it, I'll be muttering, and if I, don't, if I don't take an active step to stop myself, I'll be well into a conversation with Pastor Jesse in my mind, well, she, and I'm talking on her behalf, talking on my behalf, and it always has a negative slant, and by the end of it, Jesse's mad at me. By the end of it, I'm going to fire that girl. Just kidding. I never thought that. I never thought that. No, James. No, I'm just kidding. At the end of the, the imaginative narrative, what once was a what once was a fake fantasy land becomes a real re- a reality for me. And I leave the home thinking, and I, I oh, man, all these people hate me, and do like me, and this thing, you know, like, oh, man, my boss, and man, I went in today, my boss gave me a dirty look, and I'm like, oh, he's going to fire me, and so, you know what? I'm going to quit my job before he can fire me, and then you quit, and you're like, oh, yeah, what did I do? Like, all of the time, we have these imaginative narratives in our mind. That word, argument, actually, it's a mathematical turn where you're computing and your brain is turning. I heard someone recently say that every time they put their head on the pillow, their mind begins to turn, and it just can't turn, off and I just can't stop. And I just can't I, can't, I can't, I don't know what to do. I remember a time when uh, I, I, I began to see some real victory in this and I was sitting in a hot tub and my wife came up to me and she says, what are you thinking about? And I said, I'm thinking about nothing. And she said, well, what do you mean you're thinking about nothing? I'm like, I literally have nothing in my head. Is that okay? Yeah. Is this what normal feel, people feel like? Because it's always this imaginative turning in my brain, assuming the worst and the biggest apocalyptic scenario, and it's all going to come doubling down. And all of it is just my imagination. None of it is true. See, the enemy wants to capitalize on our creative imagination, and allow us to begin to think certain ways that maybe are not truth when they become real in our mind. And this is a lot of times why people leave churches, because they... They hear a thing the pastor said or a text that someone said or they hear someone you know walked by and shook their hand and looked at him sideways and so they create a narrative. Oh, that guy, he thinks he's better than me because he's a leader in the church and I want to be a leader in the church and they're not a leader in the church or whatever, I'm better than they are. I'm leaving this place and then you do it again and church and church and church. Every church you go to, there's always this suspicion. There's always this worry. There's this waiting for the gotcha moment, right? Those moments are imaginative thoughts that the devil capitalizes on the people of God because he doesn't want you to be rooted in a healthy church because he knows that if you can push past the imagination, there's breakthrough for you in the house of God. So of course he wants you to get offended every time you walk into a church and someone looks at you sideways. And Pastor Ryan sent me a text. Hey, how you? You know, Ryan, do you want to go get coffee with me? Sure. Does he mean yes or no? No, I mean sure. But you don't have to go if you don't want to. I'm talking to you. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Of course I want to go out with you. That's what I meant. Sure. And they heard, sure. He doesn't like me. Oh, he must not want me to be here. Oh, I'm going to, you know what? I don't really like him either. He actually, I don't think he's funny. Actually, every time I hear him speak now, it bothers me. He just grinds my spirit. Oh, he's a false prophet. (laughs) That went dark quick. (laughs) All joking aside, that's what happens to the people of God. As he comes and allows this argumentative narrative and he loves doing this. Builds up a fortress and now we no longer can see clearly and we no longer know God, we just go to church. We're no longer using our gifts in the house of God because I ain't going there again. <clears throat> Last time the worship pastor, he hurt me. And in reality, you probably go talk to that worship pastor and realize that it wasn't what you thought imaginative argument. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I just feel like I needed to lean into that. The second thing he does, the enemy is he it says arguments and every pretension. <clears throat> this word just very simply is they're really thoughts that are elevated above God. So thoughts that in our mind that that make our situation bigger than God. That often, when we have these challenges in our mind, we tend to be. uh, We we tend to, uh, when we experience anxiety or, or fear or overwhelm with a sense of depression, what the devil does? He builds a fortress around our mind and says, "You know what? This is too big for God. The the situation you're facing is too big for God." You know what? The, the, the financial problem is too big for God. The debt you're in is too big for God. The, the relationship that's broken is just too big for God. And you start feeling the anxiety and the fear and the depression and the worry and you begin to be overwhelmed. And what happens is what you don't realize is that you've made this all about you, which is pride. In my own journey, I find that when, I, when the devil does this to me, I get into a place where I'm very narcissistic. My wife actually calls me out on it. She's like, you're being kind of self-centered. I'm like, no, I'm not. Just let me sit here and watch TV by myself. And what I want to watch, and what I want to watch, don't talk to me. She's like, no, you're being narcissistic. Stop focusing on yourself. Get out of the pit. These are prideful thoughts you're having. You're only focused on you. And I'm like, oh, whatever. You don't know my situation. And she's right. For me. (laughs) Look what the word anxiety is spelled. A-N-X-I-E-T-Y. What's the the middle letter in this word anxiety? I. I, me, I am the center of that anxiety. And I, I imagine if we took a moment to step back and think about what we're anxious about, most of the time, the anxiety stems from a fear that something will happen to me. Or the situation will work out for me. Or the struggle, I'm, the struggle I'm facing won't work out for me. It's something in my, it, it focuses on me. And so what happens is it elevates our minds above God and bring, makes God smaller. And without realizing it, the devil has, has diminished the power of God in our lives. And now there's a fortress around us where God isn't big enough to take care of these things in my life. A third thought here today that we see that the devil does to us is this, is that arguments or every pretension, and then he says, and then every thought. Now, if you read this in the English, you think, well, that's, that's every thought? No, no, this word thought actually means like illicit evil thoughts. Now, this happens when the enemy comes, and this is like a, a direct attack where, where we we don 't know how to respond to the anxiety that we 're feeling, and so maybe some of you are le uh, lend towards maybe you get into an unhealthy relationship or maybe you isolate yourself or maybe it 's alcohol or pornography or you get into an unhealthy relationship and you you become uh, overly sexually active It's sexually active and it 's not god 's heart for you or, or or whatever it might be, but you begin to act out what I call this this is a psychological or, or, uh, um, counseling term uh, uh, called um ritualization, sorry, my mind went blank there for a second. Ritualization, and you can't see this very well, but what happens is, is the thought enters our mind and we become preoccupied with this anxiety and he begins to build these, these, these bricks and this, this, this fortress around our thinking. And then we begin to ritualize. And ritualizing is when we begin to think about, okay, well, you know, I can respond in this moment. I can respond like God wants me to respond or I can go have a drink or I could go look at pornography, or I could go sleep around, or I could go find another relationship, or I could pull out of my group, or I could get away from the church, or I could, and we begin to ritualize what it looks like and what it feels like, and then we begin to act out on that compulsive behavior, which leads us to a place of shame and despair. And so this illicit thoughts, these rogue wandering thoughts that hit us like a dart, you should go do this. You should stop by that liquor store. You should go talk to that girl who's flirting with you. It's like a rogue little arrow from the enemy. It just enters your mind. You think, where did that come from? Ever had those thoughts? Whoa, that was a dark thought. Where did that come from? That's called every other thought. That's called the illicit yeah. thought. <laughs> and here it is: when you have that thought, <laughs> hits your head. We either choose to ritualize about what we want to do to act out on that thought, or we ritualize about God and His Word. And this is the part that I want to show you for the rest of our time together today. There's hope for you. Every one of us here experiences these things. You're not alone. I experience it. But I want you to know today that no matter what you're facing, God knows. God knows and that he can help you. And we'll talk about the practical stuff. We're going to talk about a lot of other things. But today, I want to focus on one very, very specific thing in Scripture that Paul teaches us. Look what it says. So on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension. Come on, there's a demolishing. So God's word is used to demolish every stronghold of imagination and prideful thought that is in our head. I want you to know today. You might think that this is just a book on your bookshelf. You might just think that it's used to do little, uh, to do Bible reading plans. This is a mighty, powerful, supernatural weapon to demolish and tear down every thought that the enemy has put up against you. Oh yeah, you're not a, you're not a good person. No, no, I'm a child of God. Come on, no, Ryan, you can't do it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Come on. We just go through the word and as you read the word, you don't realize it because it's supernatural. You're actually tearing down and you're demolishing the barriers and the strong places of the devil in your life. You don't know it. You just read it every morning. You say, I didn't get anything out of that. But what you don't know is that God's word is demolishing these things in your life. These narratives about who you are. These misunderstandings about who God is. He's working out these things in your life and all you're doing is reading the Word. All you're doing is cracking it open every single day, getting the Word of God in your heart and your life. You're beginning to allow God's Word to speak to you. You say, Ryan, I didn't get anything out of that. Don't worry. God's at work in your life. Ryan, I didn't understand it. Read it in the message paraphrase. Read it in a stripped-down version. Just don't read it in the Passion Translation, but read it in message paraphrase, okay? Read it in a stripped-down version that makes sense to you. And begin to read it. And you say, Ryan, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I want you to know today it is supernatural. It is unseen. And without your realizing it, you're going to begin to rip down and destroy and demolish the stronghold and the dungeon of the evil one in your life. The Spirit of God, the Spirit, the words of the Spirit will come and transform your life and your heart. We use this sword to demolish, demolish the strongholds to tear down the arguments, to strip the power from every prideful thought that tries to keep me from knowing God. I won't allow it any longer. I'm going to get God's word in my heart. We see here that the word of God has incredible power. Look at these verses here. Galatians 5, one is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Look at this. Stand firm. Do not let yourselves be burdened again. This insinuates that you have the potential to be burdened again. Therefore, the natural weapon we've been given that works in the supernatural world is to read, to meditate, to devour, to eat, to think, to sleep, to listen to, to, to rub it on your face. No, don't do that. That's weird. Read God's word. I was going to keep going. I thought, no, I won't do that. We have to believe today that this word today brings freedom. Come on, look at this verse here. Look at this. The law of the Lord, Psalms 197, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing this. So I love this. This word refreshing means to repair, to, to restore to its original condition. The word soul there is actually the, the, like the direct word for my emotions and my mind. The law of the Lord is perfect, it repairs my mind and my emotions. <laughs> Right, I'm just reading it. It's repairing your mind and your emotion. It's renewing. It's transforming. It's metamorphosizing. It's doing something supernatural and you don't see it. But little by little, the spirit of God is taking down the strongholds in your mind. Come on, look at this next verse. Psalms 119, My soul is weary with sorrow. That phrase means literally dripping with depression. It's just, I'm just overwhelmed and dripping with heaviness, Strengthen me, build me up, lift me up. Help me rise above is that word. Strengthen me according to your word. Oh God, when I read your word, God, would you raise me up from this depression? Raise me up from this anxiety. God, I don't want these things in my life. This is natural. It's gonna happen. But God, help me to rise above this chemical natural response of anxiety I'm having right now. Come on, look at this verse. Come on, Psalms 19.8, the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy. Come on, somebody. This word joy means gladness, literally means to bring a feeling of gladness to your heart. Yeah. Yeah. See, Ryan, serving Jesus isn't about being happy. It's not about being happy, but there is a spirit of happiness, a spirit of joy. It's called a fruit of the Spirit, yeah. and He wants to fill your heart with it. So if you're feeling lack joy in your life, guess what? The Word of God, the precepts of the Lord are right, and they will bring joy to your heart. So we have to recognize today that this word, this this powerful sword that God has given us can help us destroy and demolish these things. Now the second thing it shows us here, it says that we take every thought captive. The word take captive there is the Greek word spear. It actually, the word pitcher is to take the word and to... To stick it in, in the face of this, of this thought, this illicit thought, this, this argumentative imagination, and say, oh no, 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 I'm gonna pull my sword out and I'm gonna put this thought against the wall with my spear, with my sword, and say, not today. No, 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 I get to take you captive. I get to take you prisoner. You have to submit to God's word. You have to submit. See, you gotta fight for your mind. It's a war, it's a battle if you're just going to sit on a lazy boy and wait for God to change your mind by doing nothing, I hate to tell you, I hate saying this because I wish he would. You got to fight. My wife will tell you, I fought. I fought for this. And you can too. He a bit a fire in your belly to fight for your freedom, to fight for your liberty, to fight. You say, Ryan, isn't God do it all? He'll help you. But he we need to pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and get it in our spirit, even if you don't understand it. And you use this Word to take the, the enemy captive. Come on, look at these verses here today. Come on, no, despite all these things. Ryan, you have overwhelming victory through Christ Jesus. Ryan, you love, God loves us. Lord Ryan, there's no height and there's no depth and there's nothing else and all of creation that will be able to separate me from the love of God. Yeah, I am loved by God. Yeah, I am going to make it. Yeah, God's hope is there. Yes, I can see a better tomorrow. Yes, I'm going to stick this sword in the face of those illicit and evil thoughts and say not today because I I am, all things, I have overwhelming victory in Christ. Come on, look at this next verse. Come on, I can do all things. How many things? I can do all things. Oh, you don't think I'm a good dad mind? Okay, well, guess what? I can do all things. Oh, you don't think I love my wife well? I can do all things. Oh, you don't think I can be a good boss? I can do all things. I'm just using my own narrative. You, you put your, insert yours in that blank. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Oh, no, no, no you can't stop. I got the sword. Uh-uh. I'm not going to be your prisoner today. Come on, look at this verse, Romans 8.1. Come on, this is a good one. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is my favorite one that I generally refer to. Trust, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. First Corinthians fifty fifty. I read this every time I go to the bathroom. <laughs> Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and let nothing move you because it's on a picture frame. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not Amen. in vain. <laughs> come on. And lastly here today, come on, we use God's word to make our thoughts to submit to Jesus. So here's, here's the big thing. Your thoughts cannot be submitted to Jesus if Jesus is not the Lord of your thoughts. Your thoughts cannot be submitted to Jesus if he's not the Lord of your heart. You cannot see breakthrough in the area of your mind if Jesus isn't the king of your mind. So we've got to, we've got to get ourselves off the throne. We've got to allow the, the, the false narratives to get off the throne and we've got to get Jesus back under the throne of our mind. And when God's word now becomes the throne of our mind, his word washes over our thoughts and his blood washes over our thoughts and the righteousness of God covers our thoughts because God's way is better. And so what he wants to do is he wants to come and he wants to help you, but he must first be the ruler of your heart. Because who the son sets free is free indeed. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for a couple of folks here. Uh, If you're in need of prayer today and you're facing some difficulty in your mind or your heart, um, I want you to send us an email to prayer at lovecitychurch.ca. We'd love to get you in contact with someone that can help you or pray with you. And uh, I want to pray for you today. Father, I just pray for those who are watching today who, Lord, are not followers of you. Maybe they they don't know you, Jesus, and they're watching this feed today because they saw the title or someone told them to watch or for whatever reason. And they relate to what I'm talking about today, Father, and they, they, they may be excited at the idea of finally experiencing the freedom that I'm talking about. They don't know you, Father. The Bible actually teaches us, God, that if we confess with our mouth that you're Lord, Jesus, that you're Lord, and then if we believe in our heart that Jesus, you're Lord, the Bible says that we will be saved, that we will experience salvation, that we get to experience an abundant life on this planet, an eternal life when we pass away. So Father, we just, I pray today for those watching today. All they have to do is just out loud right now, just confess out loud, Jesus, I believe that you're the Lord of my life. I believe it in my heart, and guess what? You're saved. And Father, I pray right now for those people who just did that. And we pray that, Father, that they would experience true life, They get into a great church, God, and Lord, that you would do a miracle in their mind right now. But I pray for the rest of the folks today who are followers of you, who are experiencing just a, a season of difficulty in their minds. Lord, we pray for breakthrough. We pray that this will be a season, God, where they begin to use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, as the mighty, powerful weapon to demolish strongholds, God, to tear down the strong places of the evil one, and there will be powerful and incredible breakthrough in their life in this season. Come on, Jesus, we love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.